Well, hello, hello, hello. Welcome. Welcome one, welcome all. Welcome to the back seat. We're you're riding along with the Carl boys. That's right. The Carl brothers. I'm Hunter Carl. I am Chris Carl. And you or, are on a sweet drive with us in our 2010 Honda Civic. Yes, all black, uh, gray, stained, nasty interior. Uh, we've got, what kind of engine we got in this? Like a V1? I think it's a V2, actually. <laughs> I like, invented no. a new engine type. Yeah, yeah. And I surprised you that there is such a thing as a V2. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And you're joining us on the maiden voyage of Carl Pooling. It is a brand new podcast coming at you weekly. We yep. record on Thursdays. Lord knows when I'll actually upload them. Right. But we record weekly, and it's pretty much what you see is what you get. It's conversations from a car. We're recording this live somewhere in the great U.S. of A. on a road right now. Yeah, there are cars on it. There are stripes dividing the lines. Typical road. You've probably seen one before. Well, the only thing that's different about this... Nope, it's still just a normal road. There's nothing to it. It's it's just a road, guys. It's Calm got down. It's got great asphalt. Oh, wow. That didn't take long. Nope. That didn't, didn't take, take long. long. Okay. Just going to crack open a cold asphalt on this one. <laughs> so, let's talk about why we're recording in a car. Yeah. Which is unbelievably noisy. And also, and we, we expect that to be a little bit of the charm. So, me and Christopher, we, and I'm the only person alive <laughs> that calls him Christopher. Christopher and I. Christopher and I. Uh, we spend, we work not in the same building, but very, very close to each other. And... On Thursdays, we just have the opportunity to drive with each other, and so... Right, just we've saves... got kind of a standing appointment on Thursdays, and right. we carpool to it. And and so, that's been great, because it's hard growing up. You don't get to see your family that often, you know, because you're not living at home, and you have different schedules and things, and so it's been weird because, you know, we don't, like, communicate that much outside of seeing each other, and so, like, this one hour we spend with each other has been kind of fun because it's just been us like catching up on the news or asking someone asking each other's opinion on x y and z and you'll right. kind of just see the nature of our relationship takes us to some pretty uh i'd say different topics of conversation yeah so. i'd agree so so hunter and i have never really been interested in how's your day how's the weather yeah you know not wired that way we we get to some pretty deep places. We have um, some some fairly disparate, and I would say, uh, I'm going to make a new word up here, depthy, depthy interests. We, we mm-hmm. get into something and we get into it really deep. Right. And it's kind of, it's part to do with the way we were raised, probably. It's part to do with probably some, some biological factors. You right. know, we both kind of tend above average as far as as far as uh, intelligence goes, and so uh, we're kind of nerds. Is what I'm getting at. Yeah, we're kind of nerds. We're kind of nerdy, but uh, but uh, we also, in my opinion, what I would consider us is seekers of truth. Yeah, that's the best way to put it, actually. Uh, you know, and that has a lot to do with the way that we were raised. We we, you know, we came from a fairly a fairly good background. We never really wanted for much, but we worked anyway. We worked our butts off. Yeah. And you got to give a high, a high five to our parents for that. But they really instilled some virtues in us 
that were backed up by truth. And they also instilled the virtue that there was nothing better than truth. Yeah, and exactly. That was really key. And, and and as a kid, it meant, you know, telling the truth and trying to do the right thing and working hard and, and you know, learning that, learning the, the truth that, you know, the world's not always a nice place. The world's not always easy. Sometimes you got to do the stuff you don't want to do mm. to make it happen. But as we got older, those concepts that were kind of simple in the beginning started to expand and they, they bled into our interests and bled into our, our hobbies and our areas of study, etc. And so when we started having these car rides, we would just get into these great conversations about uh, philosophy a lot of the time, politics a lot of the time, religion a lot of the time. Uh, one of my favorites that we've ever discussed is religion as it relates to quantum mechanics, actually. That is a wild conversation. I hope right. we get to that one time. Yeah, That'll we'll, be interesting. we'll have to talk about that sometimes. But we started to dig really deeply into these, these concepts, and there was some really valuable stuff there. And we would get to the end of this car trip and get where we're going, and, you know, we'd walk into this room with other people, and we'd just be like, uh, in a way... I wish more people were a part of this conversation. Right. You know? And that's the thing, because I... We're not, we're not saying you should listen to us because we're interesting. I don't think we're claiming that. Maybe... I definitely wouldn't say you're interesting. Yeah, I'm definitely not. <laughs> so, but, but I think what we are... We were just kind of like... There's value in, like, taking the world as it is and deriving sense from it. And deriving like direction and focus and order and purpose, and so that's what I think a lot of our conversations tend toward is right. is that. And so it's like, well, I think I think I've always been this kind of person that wanted to have the conversations I have with Christopher with more and more people, and like I can't think. It's hard. It's difficult to begin that dialogue, but it's really easy for me and Christopher to turn these microphones on, let you hear it, and then begin a back and forth with you on the other end because I'm really comfortable with talking with him, and I know we can get to some places that I may not just have the capability or the dexterity to... You don't know me nearly as well as him, so he can take some things for granted, you know, and we can get to the root causes and the, you know, the the foundations of some of this stuff a lot quicker and if we can do that and then give that to other people in a way I think that just makes the world a little bit better because just being able to think through some stuff and get closer to some of the, it takes time right and, and you know so you'll you'll learn all of this uh, fairly quickly um, we both are interested in, in science science is, is neutral or it used to be god ugh. yeah but but we're both interested in science. We're, we're both interested in uh, literature, mm -hmm. some different kinds. Yeah. And um, politically, we lean conservative, Yeah. I would say. Not necessarily Republican. We lean conservative, and you'll learn that before long. Um, re religiously, I, we both consider ourselves Christians. Yep. Um, and not your, uh, your panty-waist, goes-to-church-on-Sunday type. I mean, but we do go to church on Sunday, yeah, if you know what I mean. We've really dug deep into some of these concepts, and hopefully we'll get into them too. Yeah. We're just giving you our little our little background. And I want, I'm putting a pin in what you said real fast, because this kind of just will also help you as we walk through these conversations, kind of shape your understanding of them. 
Hunter is the best person that I've ever met. <laughs> literally, he has he has done no wrong. Not literally, like I said, but uh, Hunter follows the rules. He's yeah. always follows the rules. Extremely clean cut. Extremely, you know, precise. And what did you tell me to do? Okay, I'm staying within this box. Yeah, very organized. Um, Industrious, like, yeah. that's me. He doesn't lack creativity per se, but he's not a creator. You know what I'm saying? That That's the perfect way to put it. Like, I am very comfortable being told what to do. And I feel comfortable with receiving direction from people and acting on it. Because I think it's the really simple equation. And I think this is something that would help people, too. There, there's something in the world that's called expertise. And if you're involved with people that are worthy of that title of expertise, it's very easy to do what they want to do. Right. So, because you know you're already headed in the correct direction. Sure. Yeah. I, on the other hand, if there's been a rule, I have broken it. Yeah, exactly. And if there weren't enough rules, I made some up so that I could break them. Correct. Uh, I'm very different from Hunter in that way. You know, Hunter has uh, a house and a mortgage and a fence and two dogs right. and a wife and he's got it all put together. I still live with my college roommate, even though I'm only a year younger than him. How long have you been married? Like three years? Uh, I should know this. It's three years. Yep, yeah. three years this year. Three years this year. So, um, you know, I've I've done all the bad that there was to do. And One time uh, he even smoked a crayon. I smoked one crayon. <laughs> do we say crayon it, differently? It was, I say crayon. Really? Yeah, because Cran is retarded. Okay, fair enough. Hey, by the way, no trigger warnings will be issued on the show. That's right, you heard the word retarded. <laughs> um, if you're actually retarded, I love you, and I'm glad that you're here. Yeah. Don't get offended by someone using the word retarded. That's my one admonition to you. Um, broke a rule. Broke a rule. <laughs> broke a rule. M- moving along from that. So so when we're discussing these things, and, and the other side of that is I am... The, the complete opposite brain space as Hunter. Right, creative. I am not very conscientious. Nope. I am one of the least agreeable people. Correct. I love getting into arguments. I love getting into fights. I'm aggressively type A, mm. which I think Hunter is type A as well, but yeah. not, not to the same degree. Yeah. And I am uh, creative. I write lots of songs. I play music. Um, I write poetry. That's uh, the other thing, and I never noticed this too. I write prose, you write poetry. Yeah, exactly. And that's actually true. Like, I just thought about that when you said that. Like, that's 100% the way we write too. Right. And so, it, I come from a, a very different angle of attack, yet we still share these same core values, which lead you to a really great place, I think. And so, um, so that's kind of framing the discussion you'll understand you know why uh we we talked about why we decided to start this podcast because we want to bring more people in we talked about you know where our different ideas come from and where they're similar and where they're different yeah the other thing that's important to talk about is you know why did we think it was necessary why did we believe that we should start uploading a podcast okay and i think that there's a couple different reasons here and i'll talk about the first one is that and if you if you uh, don't listen to Jordan Peterson, get out of the car, and we're not slowing down. We'll slow down to thirty. No, we'll we'll give you thirty, but we're not gonna. That's it. Like you're on your own for, <laughs> for those bumps and bruises. Yeah, hope you're wearing long sleeves, boy. Yeah. So, anyhow, Jordan Peterson, brilliant thinker. Um, of course, 
nobody's perfect, but sure, the vast majority of his ideas I count as fantastic. Yeah, uh, thinks deeply and critically, and he has a really interesting point about online audio and video. Oh yeah, the, yeah, I think that's perfect. Yeah, and, and go go it's, ahead. It's that this is a Gutenberg level revolution, right? Because we have we have. Uh, a domain where we can spread we can spread information disseminate it incredibly quickly and we can also have conversations incredibly quickly and his point is that it's even more significant than the initial Gutenberg revolution right because it's not to put it in his words it's not obvious how many people can read but everyone can listen sure so anyone who speaks English is a part of the game now right and everyone can listen at the same speed right and here's the other thing that was interesting is that we have this old media soundbite culture right where you had a couple seconds to get your point across you know eight minutes tops yeah and now and, and we thought that's what people wanted we thought people didn't have the attention span in 20, 2010 to hear a long form discussion and hang on to it and gather something from it and be entertained by it even right you know and what we learned is that everyone is a lot smarter than we thought. Right. When these long-form discussions started I want to poke proliferating. A hole. I want to poke a hole in that for just a second. I'm not sure if I would attribute that to levels of intelligence, although you potentially could. But I, but I, think, I think rather what we're seeing... Woo! I, we almost <laughs> turned into someone. What we weren't seeing was the gray Hyundai. Yeah, we weren't seeing that, but we're good. Uh, so, But what I think we're actually seeing is this... Um, it's like this when the internet took off there's so much noise that comes out of the internet right that it's almost unbearable and it's like how do you use this medium to actually communicate effectively not on twitter not on twitter (laughs) obviously not on twitter but like written communication just isn't good enough i think you might be missing the nuance no no i'm I'm, I'm getting i'm getting it's not that people aren't intelligent it's not that they weren't intelligent before it's that we learned that they were more intelligent oh i see what you're saying but i'm saying yeah but i think my point still kind of does something here so I'm i'm gonna keep going with it if you don't mind but like it's it's the fact that writing an article online and expecting people to stop and read it is a little it, it doesn't work because the cost of creating the article and disseminating it is nothing it's it's cheap anyone can pull up a blog and pay for hosting it's $100 a year right it's minuscule and so it's like people don't have the time because they're inundated with things to read now. it's it's so it's well the thing about a blog specifically is that it's extreme it's free to make right but it's very costly to consume exactly but the thing that we're getting to here now is it's a lot not only can i speak and like change and like get more directly to my point when i talk but i can also do that to everyone at once and so like you can do you can you don't need to stop what you're doing to hear me talk to you you don't need to stop uh, you can work. Yeah, keep you on chalking. You can do. You can do something else. Like you can have. You can be playing. You can be enter- entertaining yourself. You could be working on your house. You could be out with your friends. You could be getting your Rocket League Elo up. Right. Like there's so many things you can That's be doing. I'm doing. Right. There's so many things you could be doing, and the level of information that you're receiving is higher than that which, which would be written 
and you ingesting that way. And so I think what we're actually finding is the best way to communicate online is through audio. And, and I would say specifically long-form discussions. Yes, that would be because like we could take the same format um, that cable news is, but we aren't we aren't beholden to an advertising model to do this. Right. And so it allows exactly. us to talk for longer. So anyway, I, I anyway I know that was tangentially related to what you were saying. But it's but, a good it's a good point yeah. and well taken. Okay. I think the final piece of the puzzle to really set the stage for what we're trying to do here is the sense of urgency. You know, what even without putting the podcast out, what was driving these conversations? Yeah, that's a good point. And and, and why do we think that it's so critical to be having them and to be engaged in discussions like this? And the answer is we are catapulting ourselves as a society towards a post-fact narrative, a post-fact reality. Mm -hmm. We have seen, especially in the last 40 years in America, um, a post-modern anti-factual ethos consume mainstream media, Mm. consume the university, and a lot of areas consume... Uh, businesses and the Centers for Economics. We've seen it consume the sciences. You you see this rush away from truth, often to support what I would consider. Um, I think I think the best way to say it is a neo-Marxist agenda. Yeah, and I am no fan of of cultural Marxism. I'm no fan of neo-Marxism. Uh, I have a hard time seeing the difference between those ideas and democratic socialism, which is now a major constituent of the Democratic Party in America, mm. and especially among young people. Mm. I think that it's, it is very dangerous. You look at what Marxism did in the 20th century in the world, and it is appalling. You look at what Marxism's doing now, and it's appalling. Uh, I think it's I think it's up to 17 no 18 pounds per adult 18 pounds per adult that's how much weight the average adult has lost in Venezuela wow and by the way if you can't put that together in your head it means a bunch of people are dead right a bunch of people are dead because they have no food right they have no food they can't eat and so and so they're dying left and right at the hands of a neo-marxist agenda Right. It's sickening. And and here's the sick part. You're like, yeah, sure, but that's Venezuela. Hold hold on a second. Because the Venezuelans are queuing up uh, for bread lines only a few steps away from what was going on in Russia. And you can look up the pictures when a nice married couple was collecting the severed limbs right. of their dead friends and family to sell for food on the side of the road because that's how hungry they were. Yep. That's what Marxism can do to you. Yep. And it's not just what it can do to you physically. It's what it can do to a culture. It can hollow you out and leave you with nothing. Right. And while we're seeing the Venezuelans queue up in bread lines, you have Bernie Sanders, who is absolutely a thought leader for the leftist movement in America and the Democratic Party in America Let me cut in for say one. it's a good thing. It's a good thing that they're lining up in bread lines. It's a problem and it's not remote. I'm going to cut in just just there and I, I guess you're done but I, there's actually a great article went out today by 538 looking at you know who the who who from the Democratic Party is lining up to be the next presidential candidate 
and the top one is uh, Bernie Sanders. Like he's done the most things to line up to be the presidential candidate nominee uh, out of everyone, including Joe Biden and and Booker. So it's like right. It, it, oh my people, God, crazy eyes, Booker. Some people think, and here's the thing, like. You hear something like Chris said, and you 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 want to roll your eyes a little bit. I think that's the I think that's the natural inclination for some people, depending on where they come from. This, and I, I I hear you. Like I hear that that thing is like because doomsday stuff and all this is just like uh, it, it rings hollow. Is is sure. the thing? I think that I think I think everyone has to come away from that knowing that knowing that a little bit and feeling that in there. But it's like. Here's the deal. The ideas that lead to this are not hidden. They're not, you know, covered up like you would say, like the KKK or... uh, It's not a conspiracy. It's not a conspiracy. It's out there in broad daylight. And and the issue, I would think, is we're really not... We're really not at threat of these ideas becoming the way we live in... I would say even a hundred years, you know, like I don't think they're going to come and destroy the foundations that we have and, and take us away from the freedom and things like that, that we know for a long time. But what I do think is every day you get to make a choice about which way you head. Mm -hmm. And I think the days where you don't choose to do that, you're going some way. And if you're not participating in that, you're failing. And here's the other thing. I think the strongest thing that's led us to to not do anything and not try to fight against this brand of ideas that we know where it leads and we've seen it is a lack of direction and purpose. Sure. And I think the main thing we have to get to is we have to find a way to give people back that direction and North Star. And if we can do that we begin to have actual some teeth to fight against this ideology that hurts and kills. And, and I'm I'm less optimistic than you. I know. I, I see... I see... Here's what I see. I see these ideas as infectious. Sure. I see them as almost demonic in their ability to uh, enslave someone and possess someone. Mm. And also possess a culture because it's happened before sure and there comes a tipping point you know they tried there was germans that tried to assassinate hitler right they tried to stop it but there comes a point where it's too late yep and so you don't start fighting when you're dead you start fighting while you are still alive yeah and and, you know you see this thing that happened to to brett kavanaugh maybe he's a good guy maybe he's not the assault on him completely anti-factual and that's postmodernist. right that's my truth versus your truth not the truth and it's also um this idea that that there's that the oppression groups mm. and the fights between them matter more than the facts so i understand where you're coming from i agree i'm not an alarmist by nature yeah. but you start to see these things when you say how long can we let this slide before it's too much gravity to come back from? And I, I do worry about that because because the democratic socialist movement and the postmodernist movement walk arm in arm. Maybe that's what we should talk about next week. Yeah, the absolutely. The origins of the postmodernist mo- movement and how it's come to affect the institutions in America. That's a really interesting conversation when you get into like 
uh, the targeted attacks on this university and the Catholic Church, for mm, instance. Mm-hmm. But um, it's not by mistake. It's an actual. It's an actual germ that was planted on purpose, and it's it is ideological warfare, and it's dangerous, and we got to guard ourselves against it. But you know, I agree with Hunter completely in his in his uh, prescription for the cure. Sure. Yeah. There's been an assault on the idea of meaning and purpose yeah. in our culture, and it's divided us in a major way. And that's what drives the the urgency behind some of these conversations and the importance is is finding out what that purpose is. So whether we're talking about politics, religion, science, philosophy, there's a reason to be interested. There's a reason to be engaged, and there's right. a reason to to speak and be heard, and there's a reason to shut up and listen. Yeah. Um, so I, I I love that, and I also love that we are able to point out the disagreements and and go. Hey, here's the part where we're not aligned, and here's the part where we are. And I think more often than not, we, we find ourselves aligned on the big part. But the little part where we're not aligned, I feel like that's going to be also the one of the things we're able to do with this conversation is help people through that misalignment. You're going to hear things from me. You'll hear things from Chris. And we'll get closer to some better truth. So right. I, we're kind of everywhere. Seeking the truth. But, hey, plot requires resistance. Right. And I think we – so that's good. And I'm excited for that because that's what I want to happen in this conversation. It definitely doesn't need us to be like, man, that's such a good idea you had. It needs to be yeah. a little – we need to steel man each other a little bit. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys for joining us on this episode of Carl Pooling. Did we even announce the title of the show at the top? I don't know. Carl Pooling. Carl Pooling. That's the name of the show because we drive in the car and our last name is Carl. We're Carl Pooling. So uh, follow the show at Carl Pooling on Twitter. Yep. Uh, you can follow Hunter at Emotional Carl, and you can follow me at Chris X Carl, all on Twitter. Um, we're just about to launch. This will probably be our first episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. We're going to get into a lot more different discussions with passion and vigor and truth seeking and all the other words that you want to hear. So until next time, drive safe. All right, bye.